Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the GCS Connect Leaders Series. I'm uh, speaking to Tony Healy of Ticketer today, the CTO and sent, uh, the Chief Executive Officer of Technology and Innovation. One of the things I really enjoyed about this conversation is how we talk so well about bringing simplicity into an organization, both for the customers, uh, both for the technology, but also for the people. Uh, and I think it makes a really, really great argument as to how to kind of be a leader and bring people along um, in a really, really clear way. Um, and I think sometimes that's something that we as, as managers and leaders tend not to do, is to, to make things a bit too complicated. And Tony, um, I think he said at some point, um, uh, he's Northern, but he's not selfish, uh, which is a good strap line, I think, for this, um, is, is really clear at explaining the best way to do that. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's been such a successful leader. So here we go, this is Tony Healy from Ticketer. Hi there, Tony. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, mate. How are you doing? I'm very well. Yes, yes. I'm in the office today, so um, it's great to to speak to you and great to have you on board and great to to talk to you under the the leaders series. Yeah, looking forward to it. We've been talking about this for some time now, haven't we? So um, I'm, I'm finally glad we've got it penciled in. Fantastic. It's good stuff. So so for, for those kind of listening in, it's a new episode of the leaders series. Uh, we've got Tony Healy here um, from Ticketer. Um, which is based in Hungerford and um, develops um, basically transport systems for a number of for a number of organisations around the world. And I'm sure Tony will take us more through that. 25 years uh, industry experience, so about the same amount of experience as I've had in IT. So we'll be talking about the mid 90s. <laughs> yeah, you've got slightly uh, more hair than me, mate. So I'm a little bit jealous. Uh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just it's just it's, it's not a very stressful job, is it, recruitment? You know, so you know. Um, but um, but yeah, no, it's great to speak to you, Tony, and I'm you know really great to have you on board. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about your role as CTO for Ticketer, um, and also the, the company itself, and the things you're really kind of focused on? Because it's quite a new role for you, so the things you're focused on as you come into this new role. Yeah, so very new role for me. So week six now. Um, so my job title within Ticketer is Chief uh, Technology and Innovation Officer, yeah. which basically means that I'm fundamentally accountable for everything technology related other than product. Um, so under my remit is security, uh, group infrastructure, engineering, both UK and Nordics, Poland based. Um, and I also have elements of software engineering and, and architecture, which falls yeah. under there as well. Um, so my core focus on tickets now is really looking at what do we need to do from a technology perspective to help take us to that next level? What okay. do we need to do from a governance perspective to start looking at better ways of working and more efficient and optimal ways of working, whether that's through agile, whether that's through uh, team structure, whether that's through process, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and really sort of build the foundation now for Ticketer's next journey. Um, and that consists of obviously a full internal review, then looking at the next generation projects that we're doing, you know, looking at on-prem versus cloud, looking at data, looking at a variety of different things mm -hmm. while securing products internal external etc quite a wide remit then huge remit yeah um very challenging remit mm -hmm. given the various different elements that i'm responsible for but hugely enjoying it you know ticket yeah. has got a fantastic reputation within the transportation industry Definitely. um we've done an amazing job you know 
getting such a large market share in the UK with the ticketer business than in the Nordics with Farah. Um, you know, they've got some real big customers that we need to try and leverage now and build on that customer success. Mm. So fantastic organization. Um, you know, the first thing that jumps out is that everybody wants this business to do well and everyone is pointing in the same direction. Um, so Andy, who's our new CEO, um, has been in, I think, since December now, um, has got a real good vision, still working with the founder, John Clarfelt, on driving that to the next level now. Yeah, that's right. And it's the... You know, I think um, there's obviously always change within these sort of areas, isn't there? But I think, you know, a lot of the, the, the conversation that we have is digitization. And I think what we're just pre-talking on this is, you know, transport has moved so far on from, you know, the days of little yellow tickets and whatever. Where you've got it on your app, you've, you know, you're being tracked. And that must be, you know, it's, it's almost emblematic is symptomatic of the changes that we're making isn't it we expect things to happen now on our you know you've obviously been involved in mobile apps for some time we expect things to happen on our phone don't we you know if it, if it doesn't uh, happen then we're, yeah. what's going on <laughs> absolutely and you know we want simplification and we want everything in one place and we just want yeah. it to work and so there's a there's a, a huge piece now that you're right. You know, I remember when it was a, a little silver ticket machine with a lever on it that give you a little yellow ticket or a clipper card, you know, when I was at school, et cetera. Yeah. But now it's an entire ecosystem in its own right. It does so much. And then people want visibility and access of that but in a very simplified way. So working yeah. with mobile apps, looking at real-time information, traffic alerts, how many people are on the bus, how many people are getting off the bus, you know, and that's been one of the key things that we did during COVID as well. Um, was notifying people before they got on what the capacity of that bus was so okay. they knew yeah. you know how many spare seats there were all via um the, the sort of the ticketing board and the messaging board mm. but it was very much a case of you know what can we do for our passengers and customers um yeah. so customers you know the, the big transportation companies and the smaller transportation companies are vital but it's what can we do to enhance that customer journey or that passenger yeah. journey? Um, and again, it's simplification. You know, it's, it's making a bus driver focus on driving the bus, not having to manage 22 different systems. Yeah, yeah, getting change and that sort of thing. So, Absolutely. You know, and, and, and from yours, I mean, you mentioned there, you know, COVID and, and obviously public transport is something that's been really affected by that in terms of footfall, I guess, as well. You know, the trains have... And I, I was on a train two weeks ago into London and usually I'm, I'm, a, I'm a commuter. I was a commuter yeah. before and, you know, I've usually pressed my face up against the window <laughs> and now there's kind of two people on the, on the, on the train. And, and I guess part of what Ticketer is trying to do, like you just said there about the safety is to, to, you know, reinforce the safety of public transport, you know, the, yeah, the, okay we are in the... contact with people. And I think the face of transportation will change, you know, with remote working now um, becoming more prevalent and more organisations embracing it. It's going to focus now much more on the town centre environment. Um, yeah. So, you know, people working in a big city can forgive, you know, three buses turning up at once, you know, your train being slightly delayed. But when you go to the more sort of rural and small towns, mm -hmm. um, people aren't that forgiven. So they want that real-time information. They want to know, um, you know, is masks allowed on the buses? How many yeah. people are on the buses? Um, yeah. How long is my journey going to be delayed? You know, if I've got a doctor's appointment mm -hmm. or I need to get to the supermarket, etc. So yeah. it's absolutely working with the communities in order to make their lives better 
drive that public transportation initiative, which is going to be so key, mm. especially when, you know, big cities are going to be turning away cars. You know, yeah. we've got more electrified vehicles coming on board now. So it, it's very much looking at what is the next generation of transportation? Mm. How do we leverage 5G? You know, looking at smart cities. So it's so much more than it was, you know, when I was at school sort of 20 years ago. And it's just a rate of change now that we need to keep up with. And, and to kind of take it all the way back, and you said 25 years industry experience and, you know, in charge of that kind of innovation side, you know, when we spoke before, obviously you said you kind of moved forward from the help desk side and worked in many, many different areas uh, within within recruitment. I mean, your journey as a leader um, is moving to this CTO position. Is, it, is this something that you always had in your mind that you felt you had the ability to do it? And or is it, you know, how was your... How has your career evolved to get to this position? So I'll give you a very potted history. So <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Started life working on help desks for BT um, sort of 25 years ago. Um, mm. First line help desks and then gradually progressed for second, third line. Used to see all these guys walking around in jeans and shirts, carrying big desktop towers, which were, I think, the Windows NT and the Velboxes yeah. back then. Well, um, well, yeah. You know, <laughs> sort of setting them up and installing them. So I wouldn't mind trying that. So then I got into desktops, then I got into networks, data centers, and I got more into coding because I thought I'm going to be this great engineer. Um, because, you know, going through school, I used to spend, you know, five hours on a Sunday typing away on an Atari keyboard to make a line go and bounce up and down on a screen. Um, <laughs> but that was the, that was, you know, the, the I think that the top yeah. edge of my programming skills back then. Um, and then an opportunity arose where I basically had a decision to make around either staying as a technologist and a good technologist or moving more into leadership and management, but starting at the ground level again. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm a people person. I like getting on with people. You know, I like to go in and take charge of situations and that type of thing. So I moved into management um, again at the start, starting at help desk manager, support okay. manager, systems manager, went into you know head of roles, director roles, and then C-suite roles, etc. So it's it, it's always been something, and it's a key driver for me in order to not only better myself but take my learnings more importantly my mistakes that i've done during my career and help educate people on how not to do things or how to do things um to enhance their career so i'm all about people in team management so as much as technology plays a critical role in what we're doing it's about the people Mm -hmm. so if i've not got the right people who are motivated driven you know i've got that hunger and appetite then it doesn't matter what the strategy is. It's just not going to work. So I'm a very firm believer in, you know, people development, people management, people leadership. I do a lot of mentoring for different organizations. Mm. I do a lot of um, team building exercises where I have to go and build relationships because it's a two-way trust thing. Um, So if I can get the people and the relationships and the culture right, everything else follows. Mm. But it's critical that that team ethos is there. And uh, what I'm really kind of interested in is obviously that that career arc, you know, bringing people along with you is is obviously what's got you to this point. But another thing that's quite kind of interesting to me is that long career. And obviously then you talk about innovation. Right. So, you know, that that's fresh ideas. That's that's new thoughts. That's new, new ideas being brought into a company or to technology. How do you keep fresh as a leader? You know, how, how do you kind of. OK. 
if it actually says in my job is technology innovation, I've got to do what it says in the tin, right? So what do you do? Absolutely. And it, and it means different things to different people. Yeah. So, you know, innovation can be about improving what you currently do. So how do we do it better? How do we do it smarter? How can we do it quicker? Yeah. It's looking at what are the key market drivers or customer drivers out there and how can we leverage on it? Um, but in essence, to me, innovation is about not only improving what you're currently doing, because mm. nobody wants to, you know, we're not paying real top class development talent and engineering talent to sit around doing manual processes and, yeah, you know, yeah. just day to day admin tasks. You know, we want to look at automation. We want to look at, you know, what is the next step so they can focus on designing and coding the systems of the future. Mm. Um, so I would say it's split, really. It's about keeping your business as flexible and dynamic as possible, okay. which is tricky in tech because the day after you put something in, it's legacy, you know, within the technology yeah. world. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's maintaining that, maintaining the relationships with our key suppliers. So yeah. building strategic partnerships, because I don't have all the answers and my team don't no. have all the answers. So mm. we need to look at the people and the organizations who have specialisms in certain areas. Yeah. And then it's really around networking. You know, so it's been a part of um, cultures and groups. You know, HMG strategy is a great one. UKIT leaders is a great one. Um, You know, we're all there with the same vision. You know, we all want to share ideas. Nobody wants to relive somebody else's mistake. So it's communicating and working with peers in different organizations Mm. to make sure that we're all doing the same thing because we all want to help each other out. You know, we're not we're not selfish. You know, most of us may be northern, but we're not selfish. Um, so what what we want to do is, you know, just use our experiences of suppliers, of projects, of where things have gone right and wrong, um, and just you know pass that information on to other people so they can take lessons learned from us so they don't have to revisit our mistakes. You know, that's going to be the strap line there. We, uh... Most of us may be northern, but we're not selfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the UK yeah. elite IT leaders. And so you should. And it's very, very true. Because <laughs> um, the UK IT leaders. Absolutely. <laughs> my, my piece started out as, the, you know, it was the northern IT leaders, and then it just grew and grew and then became the UK IT leaders. Yeah. You know, and, and Dave Jones and Graham Spivey have set up, have been phenomenal in driving yeah. that. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, to, to me being a northern lad, you know, mm. you know, the, the, there's no question about where the top talent is in the country. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Football, tech, you know. Well, you know, <laughs> it's gradually moving out of London now. So that, that's a good thing. But yeah, that's right, again, it's... it's being able to just have a bit of a laugh and a joke about these things. And, mm. you know, you'll know in some of the, ro- the roles that you recruit for, mm. you know, our jobs can be very, very stressful. You know, yeah. there is no nine to five when you work in, you know, in tech. Um, you know, there's weekends, there's nights, there's, you know, working for days on end during DR tests and business continuity and real life yeah. outages and stuff like that. So you have to be able to, you know, have a rapport and mm. a team ethos when things like that happen. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. And, that, you know, the thing for me is what I find so refreshing about IT and it doesn't happen so much in recruitment, I can tell you, um, is that whole collaborative element of people talking. And it happened more in recruitment, but there's lots of businesses where it doesn't. But that is the great thing about IT, and it links into things like open source, obviously. But, you know, you know that IT people will sit down and and talk through their problems and how this is working and how this isn't working, you know. And I think that's what, make, that's what makes it so innovative, isn't it? 
It is. And, you know, you look at, you know, the success stories, you know, the Ubers, the Amazons, you know, the Deliveroo's, you know, that type of industry and that type of technology that's been used. That's mm. all been through collaborative working and it didn't yeah. happen overnight. You know, people made mistakes, but they learned from them and moved on. You know, and that's the great thing about, you know, working in, in technology that when there is an issue or problem, everybody comes together to try and sort it out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, 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 and I guess as well, like when you go into public transport, you know, having these ecosystems, making a, an advance for one, you know, bus company or something like that means you're basically making that advance to all the bus companies, aren't you? You know, this is, yeah. this is things you can kind of roll back into. Absolutely. You know, and, and working in the transportation industry is great because people, you know, have got a tendency, you know, to want to share ideas as well. You know, mm. so where people are in competition with each other, they've all got, you know, the general message that we want to make our passengers' lives easier. And yep. we want to give them the information we want to give them. And it's all about driving that forward. Yeah. And, you know, you know, moving, moving forward for yourself. Um, are, you, are, are you excited then, I guess, as a leader, as, a, as an innovation leader coming out of this? Because sometimes you, you put transportation into a, a box where it's not as innovative. Because, you know, for various reasons, um, maybe it's an older industry or something. But COVID has, has done a lot of damage, but it's also broken a lot of things in a kind of positive way. So you're able to rebuild a whole, a whole sector in a completely new way because people have accepted now that things are different, haven't they? Absolutely. You know, and if anything, COVID has taught us from a technology perspective that decisions can be made quickly. You know, things yeah. don't need to take six to nine months of deliberation. You yeah. know, if, if you need to do something, you do it, um, mm. you know, and everyone will you know chip in to help deliver that. I think, you know, it's probably advanced a lot of organizations transformation strategy, you know, by multiple years because they've been forced into doing it. Yeah. Um, I think had COVID not hit, you would still have had a portion of organizations who were three or five years behind the curve. Mm. Um, and I think more importantly, businesses have realized what importance technology brings to them. So, mm. you know, I, I would hope that when we do come out of this, a lot of the IT directors, you know, CIOs, CTOs, CISOs, um, who have been, you know, so forward thinking in making organizations operate and still able to drive revenue through homeworking, you know, through having the right security in place, et cetera. I hope that's still recognized and it doesn't yeah. just revert to them going back to being a pure operational function. Yeah. So I think a lot of people will have built on this will be a huge success. I think the technology execs who just want to focus on keeping the lights on mm. probably now need to up the game a lot because it's become so much more than just keeping the lights on. It's become mm. about, you know, remote working how do we make you know our, our sort of end users life easier and better how can we keep that security in place um, and then hybrid working as well is going to be a massive piece around collaborative mm. working you yeah. know how can we make people at home feel like they're in the office you know especially when we've got yeah. split meetings and we've got half the team you know in an office half the team remote how can we bring that whole collaborative working piece together mm. um, so people don't feel marginalized and I guess it even goes down to like you just mentioned hybrid working there, like that whole ticketing element. You know, for me, I used to commute every single day to London, right? From Reading, it costs an insane amount of money. Yeah. But it brings the cost down if you do five days a week, right? Or if you do every single day for the for the Absolutely. month. Absolutely. 
but now obviously they're talking about these like flexible tickets, aren't they? Because obviously hybrid, I'm not I'm not going to do that every day, but I don't want to have to pay. But I hate to shudder to think the fifty six pounds it cost me for a one day ticket from Reading to a London. Yeah. You know, so that those are the sort of things I guess you're looking at. They kind of the actual, the real like in the weeds, as it were, to say how are we going to work this problem out? You know. Yeah, and you know, there's there's many you know far more intelligent people than me you know who look at you know the numbers looking at you know the algorithms that sit behind it looking yeah. at you know zones looking at you know mm. tap on tap off you know which has been a huge driver for us as well because yeah. we all also have to think like not that many people are using cash these days you know everything's done yeah. via a card mm. um so it's how do we make better use of that because yeah. you know with covid people haven't wanted to be given money and getting changed so you know it's leveraging the tap on tap off it's leveraging smart card it's it's yeah. leveraging mobile pay you know mm. which we do very very well but then what's coming next you know mm. and then it was watches and then it's what's coming next that type of thing because yeah. I mean, I know being a, a consumer of many different things that mm. I want simplicity. Sometimes okay. it doesn't work so well. You know, so Amazon's a great example where, you know, I've had random things turn up at random days that I forgot I've ordered because yeah. it's just <laughs> so easy to do it. You know, <laughs> open the app, press on something next day, Prime is here. Um, mm. and, and that's what people want. They want that simplicity to say, well, actually, you know, my bus is now eight minutes away. It's a five minute walk to the bus stop. So do I have a, you know, a, a time for another brew? You know, do I need to go around and do anything before I leave the house? Or I know my traffic has built up, it's delayed. So is that going to make me late to my, my destination? Do I need to ring anyone and let them know, et cetera? So yeah. it's just always trying to think as far ahead as you can, which isn't easy in technology because mm. there are so many variances and variables that get thrown at you. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be doing what we're doing. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned simplicity there a lot. And I guess, you know, if you think about like innovative technology, it sounds to me like that's where you really see that driving for the customer experience, right? So the innovative technology to drive more and more and more simplicity. Yeah, and it's, you know, think, listening to what our customers want. So predictive mm. analytics, you know, looking at, you know, putting some, you know, artificial intelligence in place so we can actually tell people what they need before they know they need it. Um, yeah. Again, by looking at all the data, it's all data driven, you know, yeah. and, you know, data is such a key part to everything that happens in the world these days. It's absolutely critical that, you know, we understand how to use our data properly. You yeah. know, if you look at a house, you know, in the next few years, everything's going to have an IP address. You know, you've got yeah. wireless security systems. You can, um, you know, have wireless ovens where you can, you know, turn it on when you sat at the pub. You know, mm -hmm. you know, when food's being done, you've got smart fridges. All that is technology enabled. Mm -hmm. um, with that comes obviously concerns around security, but the potential, you know, to to do things better and smarter is huge. Um, mm. Technology drives everything that we do these days. You know, if, if mm. you think that your car probably knows more about you than some of your friends because it knows where you live, it knows where you work, it knows what your favorite playlists are, it knows what your favorite radio stations are, mm. you know, it can keep track of your location history, loads of different things, you know. And the more we grow as a, as a culture and become more and more tech, that data is going to play such a key part because everything is going to be able to capture data at some point, but it's what do we do with it and how do we use it to make our lives better? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a big question that I don't think anyone's got the answer to at the moment. 
just quite interested like you know kind of this whole idea of simplicity is obviously for the for the user do you think that increases the the complexity on the other side for the for the developer or do you also try to push the simplicity down for the for the developer of the engineer i think it has to simplicity has to cover a lot of different roads i mean mm -hmm. there's the extreme of a ceo coming in who's just been out playing golf who then wants to run his entire business off an app on an ipad you yeah. know because he thinks that's what you can do or she thinks that's what you can do um mm -hmm. That's not always the case, you know, and there's yeah. a hell of a lot of work that needs to happen in the background to make that happen. But if you look at simplicity from an engineering perspective, you know, standardized on certain types of language and standardized on certain types of programs, you know, you've got low code, and no code, um, which are going to, you know, be coming out more and more now. Um, you know, there's more open source there. There's, yeah. there's looking at, you know, how we can make our team's lives easier. Um, mm. Big part of that's through automation. You know, so if we can look at automation of tools, if we can look at different ways of doing things, it then allows the team to become very, very expert at what they do from a programming and code base. Um, mm. That goes across infrastructure. You know, it's gone on the days of the massive data centers, company data centers, um, where we had, you know, big AS400s, we had big Sun Solaris boxes, you know, mm. big IBM boxes, that type of thing, you know. Over the years, coming out, all the, coming out with all the old school ones. I know, there. I know, but you know, but it, you know, yeah. it's important it's because there. that's they still sit there somewhere, don't they, in the background? They yeah. absolutely do. And you've gone from what may have been ten racks, you know, mm. to run that business down to half a rack because everything's pizza yeah. box sized and virtual and hyperved and all these types of things. Mm. Then you go to the cloud. You know, it was software as a service. Now it's infrastructure and platform. Yeah. You know, etc. So the way in which the world's changing. Um, We've just got to keep up. And I think yeah. it will change fundamentally over the next three to five years more than it's changed over the last 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you think how old iPhones are, you know, people, you know, can't really survive without an iPhone or an Android phone nowadays. Yeah. You know, you look how old Facebook is. These things have grown exponentially, but I think it's only going to get quicker as we move through time. Yeah. And I, I think you mentioned a few things about IoT and that sort of stuff. And you could imagine that that's, that's like the next step, really, isn't it? I mean, I know obviously IoT is there, but for personal IoT, you know, you walk onto a bus and somehow it knows, right, I'm on a, David's on the bus. It's all good. Absolutely. Get off why the bus. even use your phone, you know? Well, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, get off the bus, you know, realize, you know, your phone realizes, well, you're five minutes away now, so I'll put the heating on, you know, so you've got yeah. a nice warm house when you walk in yeah. um, or I'll turn your kettle on for you. All mm. these types of things are possible and all these types of things are in proof of concept somewhere. Mm. It's just, you know, we don't want to oversell things to people because I think if it, if people realized how far advanced we could be, it's quite mm. a scary thing. You know, autonomous driving, you know, is, is the key one. You know, how many people want to get inside a car, you know, cross your arms and not touch the steering wheel, you know? Yeah. So then it's, that's going from one extreme to, well, I don't want to get in that type of car. Well, what are the different options between there? You know, is it, um, you know, more alerting? Is it more AI in your car? So you still have control of it, mm. but, you know, and you can take control if needed, um, but you get more alerts and more warnings over things. So yeah. there's a lot of different things that can happen. You know, autopilots and plane, you know, walking into a, a cockpit and realize there's no pilots there because the mm. entire thing is flying itself. Well, it does that anyway. You know, the pilots play a critical role, mm. but how comfortable would you be getting on a plane when you realize 
versus no pilots. Um, so the, 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 I, don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> uh, to, to, to be fair, I, I would have to think twice about it. Um, but that's a cultural thing because it's what we've grown yep. up doing. You know, is that going to be the same in 20 years? Got no idea. No, um, yeah, lots of these things, and, and particularly when it comes to driverless technology and that sort of thing. There's, these are these are the things when it becomes you know innovation links into simplicity links into safety doesn't it and then yeah you know people have to believe yeah that's safe that's fine absolutely know. absolutely and you know it's 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 going to be an interesting time for, for kids who are growing up to see what the new technology was you know you think i've got a you know, 11 year old and she'll never know what a fax machine is never know what a warmer was or a, you know, a cd player or <laughs> um anything like that because it's just alien to them you know it's yeah. very much now it's all as a service um, and it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how their lives evolve and change. Yeah. Um, you know, even going back to when she was little, you know, and, and she had a tablet. I remember going up to the TV and trying to swipe the TV screen, you know, thinking it was touchscreen. Yeah, that's time. right. Um, but it, it's an interesting time. Yeah. And you know, from your side now, you're looking at talent. And I, you know, obviously you've, you've joined an organization virtually, I guess. And, yes. you know, um, now you're looking to kind of build a team around you of the right types of people. Does, does this change the type of talent that you're looking out for, the type of culture that you want to build? Or is it, you know, you, you talked before about people management, getting the right type of people, yeah. helping them. Will it now change the type of people that you're looking for and the team you're looking to build? I think it changes the way we look for them and how we onboard people. Um, yeah. Because in essence, our catchment areas have now gone global. You know, certain roles will always need an office or certain roles will always need, you know, an engineering room given, you know, particular nuances around what they do. But we've got a great catchment areas now, which to me is really exciting because we have access to so much more talent. Yeah. Um, the key is onboarding that in a way that it is seamless. The face-to-face yeah. -face meetings will come back, you know, the team building and team bonding events will come back as much as it's been great having virtual beers and beer tasting and wine tested, you know, with, with people. Yeah. Uh, that element of actually just being all stood around, having a natter in a pub, you know, mm. you know, pushing someone to go and get the next round of drinks in, et cetera, that will come back because yeah. I think we need it. We need mm. that differentiation between home and work. Think of uh, home. So you need that. Like, it becomes almost more important, doesn't it? It's, not, it's like a, a, a require not a requirement in a nasty way it's just like you need to meet these people sometimes don't you absolutely because that's <laughs> the way you build relationships and that's the way we're programmed to do it you know yeah. and i think you know seeing a little square box with somebody in it you know on your first mm. day you know that comes down to how welcoming you make them feel what the mm. onboard impacts like um, making them feel part of the team regular communication but not too much communication because then you don't want to stifle them and yeah, yeah. and you yeah. and smother them so that's a fine balance i think there's a whole raft of managers and leaders out there who have never managed remote teams before so there's no. an education piece on that because a lot of people will have managed office-based staff yeah. and then suddenly you can't see them anymore so luckily working in tech you know i've managed teams globally for for many many different years and, and you yeah. learn how to do that but I think that's an important piece for managers. People who haven't got that experience, give them the experience and show them how to do it. Mm. Um, I think absolutely this hybrid working is going to change some offices. So they're no more just a desk and a monitor where you go. They're going to be much more of a hub, much more of a collaborative working space. Because if people are making the effort to go into an office, mm. they don't just want a desk and a monitor anymore because I've got that at home. 
Yeah, know, that's, and... that's, that's, yeah, you've got to have a reason to go in. You know, absolutely. It could absolutely. be you're sitting down to to have a, a really good conversation with your, you know, you know, with your colleagues that you're onboarding someone, training someone, uh, the things that you can't generally do from your home. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the you know key things is Teams is great, Zoom's great, you know, Ring Central, all those other ones are great, but it's what is the next generation of remote meeting now because we don't want to be sat on a team's call for nine hours doing a team catch-up or a team strategy day. Yeah. It's what are the next options that are out there? We've got a great client that we work with that is building virtual conferences um, using like the Fortnite technology. Right, okay. Like the Epic Gaming technology. So it's basically you could go into a into your conference meeting etc etc and everyone's got their avatars that they're meeting so we're working with them on and that. this that's is brilliant isn't it right it's, yeah that's... absolutely <laughs> it's 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 finding a gap in the market mm. um you know online conferences are going to boom after this you know mm. the amount of cio cto conferences that i normally get invited to which are in different parts of the country you know some are yeah, abroad right. yeah and you can't always do that. <laughs> and it's three to four days out of your week if you go to some of these things. Whereas mm. now I can book out a few hours a day or, or an entire day mm. and, and be at the whole conference. You know, I can get breaks and, you know, catch up on emails and things like mm. that. So I think those virtual conferences will, will probably stay. I yep. think they will find that mix of in-person and remote just to mm. offer that flexibility. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely think that, you know, a lot of the virtual world is here to stay. Mm. But what is that next level? Because we just, as I say, we don't want to sit in, you know, Teams and Zooms meetings all the time. We want that level of interaction. Mm. And it helps with all hands meeting as well. You know, having 500 people on a Teams call, you know, everyone's got to be muted. You know, everyone's got to turn yeah. the cameras off, you know, that type of thing. Then you've got the, the crazy person who has a weird background on and all these types of different things. Yeah. Um, if you have much more of an interactive tool, it makes it more interesting and people yeah, engage totally. more. And it's, it, it makes time go and spits things up. So no, I definitely think, you know, you can see that innovation in all sorts of areas. And I think it's very exciting time to, for, for people of our age to be involved, eh, Tony? You know? Absol absolutely, yeah, mate. Too. So, yeah. and, and just to kind of bring it, like wrap it up, you know, in, in your kind of leadership journey, what would you say the most kind of important things you've learned in your journey as a leader? But, that the youth part to other people so i would say there's a few so first of all learn how to tell a story so when you're in board meetings or exec meetings don't just stand up and talk facts and figures you know mm -hmm. because unless there are a room full of accountants they're not going to appreciate that yeah so you need to tell a story about where you are where you're going to um you know try and make it something they're going to remember and try and make it sort of seem like it's something they can relate to because then that will stay with them more. So it's about taking them on that journey in, in a story form, mm. um, you know, and there's many different ways you can do that. There's, and there's many examples, you know, you can relate security to the three little pigs. You can relate, you know, data lakes, data um, objects to a variety of different things in the kitchen. You know, it's just yeah. something they'll walk away with and remember, right, okay, that, because they're not going to remember risks. They're not going to remember, you know, numbers if that's not the way they're programmed. So learn how to tell a story um second one would be as a leader you are not the most important person in that room it is your team 
Yeah. Um, so if you walk into leadership roles and exec roles with a massive chip on your shoulder, thinking mm -hmm. you are the number one, then you are going to come a cropper, you yeah. know, because you are not going to get the engagement of those people. You know, mm -hmm. I am where I am because of the people I've had working for me and from what yeah. they've delivered. And if you go into a mindset of I am the most important person in this room and you will do as I say, you're not going to succeed. You know, you yeah. will do to a certain degree and you may get very high, but one day that rug is going to be firmly pulled. Yeah. Um, and then the second one is treat people with the respect that you want to be treated with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my leadership style is leading and developing people the way I would have wanted to sort of had that instilled in me when I was coming through my career. Um, you know, if you can take a step back and see that you've been part of someone's development to take them from a first line role to a director role or to a C-level role, mm -hmm. or you've mentored an entire team through a restructure or a transformation, that's something to be proud of yeah. um, and keep those relationships. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And kind of keep it, keep it going. And, you know, and that's because, yeah, you, you know, we, to, to go back to the whole collaborative element, you know, you're, you're constantly collaborating with the groups and your networks and your peers and the people you work with in the past and sharing information on you. It's absolutely it's a, it's a it's a community that you're building, which hopefully is the sort of thing we do with GCS Connect. And I know you do with your IT leaders um, grouping, which is, you know, there's information that we can share to help us collaborate, innovate and progress. So absolutely, absolutely. But it's it's a great time to be in technology for mm. me. You know, being a leader and being responsible for, you know, 150 plus people is amazing um, yeah. because there's different personalities, there's different cultures and it's a learning day every day. So every day is a learning day um, and learning how to adapt to different cultures works very well because you spot nuances in individuals you know when someone's not quite right or they're having an off day you, mm. you, you get to pick up those little sort of signals um you know and i think that's key industry mm. experience is key as well so i've i've been very industry agnostic so i've i've worked in telecoms i've worked in pharma i've worked in insurance mm. um tech software etc um and you bring different elements to those different roles you know you yeah. learn about your compliance you learn about your security you learn about your accreditations you learn about private equity organizations and you know small companies going into you know more medium and enterprise companies all the culture differences that come with that as well um and again it's all about the people yeah exactly fantastic well it's been great to speak today tony i think thank it's you very been much a, i've enjoyed yeah, it yeah i've really really enjoyed that and i take away the simplicity element, I think, today. Like, let's make things more simple for our customers. I, Absolutely. I don't think we're always very good at doing that in recruitment. But uh, well, <laughs> to, to, yeah, to be fair, sometimes we're not great in technology because we think mm. about, you know, this amazing, real technical, you know, go get platform or something that we've designed mm. and then don't realize it's like 15 clicks or eight screens that they've got to yeah, go through fair, to actually yeah. use it. So it's yeah. just thinking about your end user or your target mm. audience. Brilliant. Fantastic. Thanks for your time today. No, I've enjoyed Have it. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Thank you. Cheers.